0: Welcome to the Joseph Wells Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of self improvement, systems, and society. My guest today is Zuby, a rapper, podcaster, author, and deep thinker from the UK. Zuby was born in England, raised in Saudi Arabia, and is a graduate of Oxford University. His diverse experiences contribute to his unique and thoughtful perspective on life and politics. Zuby has been featured on the Joe Rogan Experience, BBC, Fox News, The Rubin Report, The Ben Shapiro Show, and many more. In this episode, we discuss his long road to success as an artist, his controversial tweets, the thing he found most surprising about America, and much more. If you like what follows, please sign up for my email list at josephcwells.com. I send out one email every Friday with the best content I consumed and created during the week. Now, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with the Zuby, welcome to the show
1: Happy to be here Joseph how are you
0: i'm good I'm good. I'm excited to have this conversation so okay, dude, I love the new song uh, think- can you can you tell me the story behind it starting with how you <laughs> blew up on Twitter
1: oh, starting with how I blew up on Twitter oh gosh, okay, so that's going back about a about a year ago um I've been on Twitter since two thousand and nine. It took me about nine years to get twelve thousand followers and um Stuff started to accelerate in 2018. I started um, just talking a little bit more about stuff outside of my music and stuff to do with my career and just started touching more on, I don't know, just what I was seeing in society and culture and some aspects of politics and things like that. I had a couple tweets go semi-viral around that time. That's when I started gaining far more American followers because prior to this, my primary following and audience was always in the UK. And then in 2019, by this time, you know, February 2019, I had 19,000 followers on Twitter. And uh, on the 26th of February 2019, I posted my now very famous or infamous viral deadlift video where I broke the British women's deadlift record whilst I said I identified as a woman. And that video has been seen by literally dozens of millions of people, um, so that just blew out the stratosphere and my my following ever since then has you know just keeps going i mean i'm up to as we record this 236,000 followers and it wasn't just off of the deadlift tweet of course not that was more than a year ago now but that was a catalyst that that was a spark that caused so many people to discover me and then once they found that they realized okay there's a lot more to this guy than one single funny viral tweet So, and, you know, I had a load of opportunities that came from that. I've been on some of the biggest, biggest podcasts and biggest shows in the world, been on uh, lots of different TV stations, whether that's, uh, you know, Sky News, BBC, Fox News out in the US, Uh, you know, was invited on the Joe Rogan show, um, the Ben Shapiro show, Glenn Beck, Rubin Report, whole Adam Carolla show, huge, huge ton of different shows and podcasts. and. Everything has just kind of grown since then. I released my I released my first book. My podcast has grown. Um, everything I do has just been. I've just been going. Just been going hard. You know, I spent nine weeks out in the U.S. last year. Went to ten different cities, and you know, ended up being invited to the White House a couple of times wow. and visiting the Pentagon. And so st- stuff's just been. The past year has just been crazy. It's like it hasn't really hasn't really slowed down in some ways like it's a little bit calmer now that you know we've we've been locked down for a couple of weeks so sure. had to let up in some ways a little bit but um stuff continues to grow my um, my impact my reach my influence is just growing every single day you know hitting millions of people every single day now and that's that's pretty crazy um and I've just done this all by myself so as an independent musician who just started out wanting to you know rap and get my music out to people it's just kind of funny how far that's all how far that's all rippled and how many people it's impacting, whether they like me or dislike me.
0: It's really cool and, and impressive. I think I started following you around the time of your your deadlift record, which yeah. uh, was really impressive, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, um, not, I'm not built like most women. <laughs> but it's cool to see how something like that was obviously the catalyst that kind of pushed you over the edge, right, and, and brought yeah. in all these new followers. But you'd yeah. been laying the foundation for a long time, and obviously – you know, you continue to tweet probably dozens of times a day, right? Like I, I, I see a lot of very insightful things come out of your, your, your Twitter and it always makes me think. So it's nice to see hard work finally pay off, right?
1: Yeah, thank you, man. You know, and and, and for anyone listening, I mean in terms of hard work and in terms of longevity, I mean I put out my first album in two thousand and six. So for anyone who's kind of just discovered me recently, that's um and just seen the tip of the iceberg. That sort of shows how long I've been putting in work for and grinding for. I've been a you know full-time I started doing my music full time in 2011. So, you know, it's taken that much time to reach even the, the level that I'm at now. You know, there's still so much to do. I'm just scraping the surface of what I know I'm I'm capable of doing. But um, yeah, it's uh you know, you plant seeds over over time and it's not until many years down the line and sometimes from something that you didn't necessarily expect that that is what catches fire. You know, it's funny that after all of the work I've put in, all of the money that I've spent in different things, all the music videos I've made, all the music I've done, all the albums I've put out, the one piece of content that went crazy viral and brought so many people under my umbrella and into my house is a nine second video of me doing a deadlift.
0: Right. And nothing uh, to do with music. Uh,
1: nothing to do. No, not plan, not pre planned Some people are like, man, that was a, uh, did you plan that? That was like real. I was like, I did not. I planned it as much as I planned the rest of my tweets, which is, that, <laughs> which is that I don't, I think of something that's making a point or that I think is interesting or I think is funny. And I just put it out there and, and see what happens. And that happened to be one that a lot of people just resonated with all over the world.
0: So I was going back, looking at some of your older music videos and stuff and coming at you is one that I keep coming back to because it's, it's really catchy. Uh, it's probably my favorite song of yours and I really love the music video. And I noticed in the comments, you said you did it in one take. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like what it was like recording the, (laughs) the video?
1: Yeah, sure. I think that was the first one take video I did. I think I've done it like four of them now, I think. Um. Yeah, it, that was shot at the South Bank in London, so near yeah. the London Eye, and um. Yeah, I just went there. It was directed by a guy named Ed Christmas, and we had a the steady cam operator it was a guy named James who's worked on worked on a lot of movies and stuff like that. That's why the camera is so smooth and and, and looks so fluid. Um. So yeah, we just we just went there, and we didn't plan it too heavily. We we roughly planned out the, the path that I would walk so that I would end up near the London Eye mm. at the at the time the song ends but then we just we just rolled and and just did it and when when I'm shooting a video or when I just get in the zone like I don't really notice what's going on around me so it's kind of fun to watch that video and see all the stuff that's happening around me which at the time of filming I wasn't even paying attention to like in the song I'm just in the video I'm just looking straight at the camera. Or, you know, there's all these people around me who are looking at me like, what what's going on here? What's this guy doing? And I just ignored all that. So it's kind of fun to go back and, and see that. I, I like that video too. I just feel it's quite iconic in a way. Um I think it captures my personality well. I think the song sort of captures what I'm about very well. And um yeah, as an artist, sometimes you you put out a lot of songs, you write a lot of music, and sometimes one of them just Hits people in mm-hmm. a in a little bit of a different way, and coming at you was definitely one of those. I gained a lot of fans off of that song.
0: So there's there's one part where this guy, uh, it's like a breakdancing group, I guess, and he like oh, runs yeah. and does a backflip off a tree. Was that planned?
1: Um, so they were already there. So those guys are. I'm trying to remember their name. Oh gosh, they they have, there's a name of that of that dance crew, but they they kind of do. Do you really call it busking, like street performance? Okay. So, you know, that, that's a very touristy area of London. You get a lot of tourists there. Mm-hmm. And they were already there just doing their breaking and, uh, you know, collecting money from the audience and stuff like that. So when we got to the scene, you know, it wasn't pre-planned with them. I just told them, hey, guys, uh, my name's is Zuby. I'm a rapper. We're shooting this music video. If you guys want to be in the video, I can walk through here and just do something cool as I walk past. <laughs> that's that, awesome. That, yeah, and that was it. And so we just did it. I I meandered my way in the video towards them. So I didn't know the guy was going to flip off the tree and that the guy would be doing the headspin. I just said, "Yeah, just just do something and I'll come through and we'll just capture whatever happens on on the scene." So that that's kind of that's how that worked. So
0: and It came out perfect, especially yeah, for one <laughs> take. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I and uh, a lot of people ask me how many how many times did we have to run through it, and um, the answer is we used the second one. Wow, the second one. The first one, the cameraman bumped into somebody. Uh, yeah, because he's walking backwards the whole video. You
0: have to right. Yeah.
1: So yeah. he he walk he walked into someone or someone walked into him. So that that jogged the camera. So he had to restart. And then the one that we saw that you see in the video, that's just that's the second
0: take. Wow, wow. it's impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. Very cool.
1: <laughs> it's cool. I, I do want to shoot another video like that. I don't know if I can ever sort of capture that magic again exactly, but um, <laughs> we'll see what we can do.
0: So, you've been independent your whole journey, right? Like, was that a deliberate decision? And, and, like, why have you taken that path? Do you think it's been harder? Just talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, sure. So, I started rapping when I was in university, I started when I was 18. And um, at the very beginning, of course, when you're learning about music and how to do things at that time anyway, the thing to do was to, I mean, it's funny, people don't even talk about demos anymore now, right? The thing to do was to to get a demo and to shop it to different record labels and try mm. to get a deal or whatever. And I thought along those lines at the very beginning, just thinking, okay, well, that's what, that's what people do. That's the way to do it. I'll put together a demo. I'll try to get somebody's approval in the industry, whatever. And then very quickly, as in within a couple of months of me even starting rapping, I thought, you know what, like there's all these independent rappers who have put stuff out there independently, um, even prior to getting, you know, some of them stayed independent, some of them got signed, et cetera. But if you look at artists like um, most, of, most of the Southern rappers, um, guys like Lu- Ludacris, Too Short, you know, guys like 50 Cent, a lot of the New York mixtape guys, this is when the mixtape scene was really big. People were just, you know, putting out mixtapes and CDs and everything mm. and And I thought, you know what? I don't need anybody's approval. I've I've, if I can record, which I which I was doing, then I can just make I can just make my own CDs, or I can get someone to make these CDs for me. So, um, I yeah, I mean, once I had a few songs recorded, I mean, my first album is only eight songs. So Mm -hmm. once I once I had a bunch of songs recorded, I just you know Googled how do you, uh, you know, like CD duplication (laughs) or something, and I just found a place which. you know i put some artwork together i did a basic photo shoot you know put some artwork together and um i found a company that i could print small runs of cd's with so to begin with i just got them to do um what was the first run i think the first run was just 50 copies i just said i just want wow. 50 copies of the cd made and i just sold those primarily to friends and family you know 5 5 pounds each mm-hmm. um you know just made a small profit and then i took that money you know the couple hundred pounds i made off of that and i just reinvested that into making more cds and i just kept i just kept selling them and re-upping and selling them and selling more and over time i mean my first album i ended up selling three thousand copies of my first album and that's just totally independently um primarily not even using the internet so much just going out there and and hustling and promoting and doing gigs and stuff like that and then once i'd been through that process once I knew I could do it again, sure. I could do it better. And, um, after a while, I mean, it's funny these days, I don't even think about labels. Like it's not even, it's not even on my radar. So many people ask me, Oh, do you want to get signed or, you know, I'm like, I don't even, I'm so far gone <laughs> in, the same, in, the same, in the same way. I don't think, I don't think of like getting a job. Like some people are like, Oh, would you ever return to the corporate world? Would you ever get a nine to five? I'm like, my brain's not even, I've been doing my thing independently for nine years. I'm not gonna, unless something massively changes, I've picked my life path, man. Like I'm not going right. to suddenly I didn't pick this as a I didn't choose that path as like, a, okay, I'm going to try this for a couple of years and then I'll go back to doing something more normal. It was like, no, nah, this is my path. Like I'm doing this and that's what I've done and it continues to grow. I mean, yeah, and and it was it's 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 been hard, you know. It's been a struggle, but and it still is in many ways, but the, when I see the impact that I'm having on people, and all these opportunities, and the amount of people I'm reaching and inspiring, et cetera, it's like, well, I'm clearly on the right path here. Like all this stuff I'm doing would not have happened if I had chosen to take the the sort of safe and secure route. You know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You wouldn't know who I am. I wouldn't sure. have done all the all the cool things I was telling you that that I've done. I wouldn't none of, none of those would be a thing, right? I'd just be someone who. uh earns a good salary and works in an office, which is fine if that's what your ambitions are. But my ambitions are, are way beyond that. I want to have an impact on the world. I want to dent the world. I want people to, I want millions of people to know who I am and love what I do and take inspiration and positivity from it. And I'm not going to do that sitting in an office working for anybody. It's just not, it's just not in line with, um. it's not in line with my purpose on earth.
0: Yeah, I hear that. And I, I think what you're doing is very important and you've, obviously been pretty successful at it. Um, Thank you. On this podcast, we talk a lot about self-improvement. So I just kind of want to share a quick story here that I think is important to the listeners and relates to your nine plus year journey doing this. So uh-huh. there's um, this guy in New York city and he's a tourist and he approaches a, a street artist who's doing sketches and he asks the artist to do a sketch of him. So the artist does, it takes like five or 10 minutes. He hands it to the guy and it's it's really good. And the guy loves it. And the artist says, that'll be $50. And the guy says, well, that's, that's kind of expensive, but you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good picture. So I'll buy it, but really it only took you 10 minutes and the artist just responds. It took me 10 years and five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So exactly. I think anybody who's out there struggling, trying to make it in music or writing or, or whatever it is, you just have to stick with it. And you you're, do. The, you're the perfect you example do. of that.
1: And, um, you know, the payment structure in anything creative, and the payment trajectory in terms of income is not like it is in most things you know you could you could literally go from 10 years straight of earning like barely breaking even to suddenly making six or seven figures like that's a real thing that happens you know i remember i remember um when i used to have so <laughs> i uh i first discovered Ed Sheeran in like 2007 Mm -hmm. or so and we used to actually in fact if I I wonder if I if it'll still be in my dms because we used to chat on twitter I used to have more twitter I used to I remember when I had more twitter followers than Ed Sheeran (laughs) there there was a (laughs) time that's pretty cool (laughs) there was a time when I had more twitter followers than Ed Sheeran think about that right wow Wow. Now this guy is one of the most highest paid musicians in the entire world. Like we used to we used to chat on Twitter. Like I used to just message him and like he'd just write back cuz at this time he was just some, you know, broke English singer-songwriter who was gigging around London and sleeping on sofas and stuff like that and I'd got wind of him cuz we both performed at this um there's something we both sort of performed at. And so we found out about each other through that and so I very much saw in one year, him go from being just you know someone with some you know he had a, he had a, like a local following or whatever. Mm. But I remember he had his song the A Team, which really blew up on the UK radio, yeah. and then he got signed. And in one year, it just went like just a vertical, and now it's just crazy. He's like selling out these stadiums and arenas, and I'm just kind of and you know most 99.9 percent of people who know him discovered him after all that. Right, and it was like I'm in that tiny percent who actually saw the stuff beforehand that's so cool right and even bought some of his albums I, I, I bought some of his eps before all of this when he was still totally independent wow and so it's just like whoa that is crazy and he's he's a great example but i've seen that with other people um i've seen i've seen that happen with a lot of artists I've seen, similar even drake yeah. You know, yeah i remember when drake released uh not even so far gone i remember i remember when he released a comeback season a comeback mm. season mixtape because i remember downloading that and uh after that he put out so far gone and then best i ever had started blowing up and then it was just kind of like doom and now he's probably the biggest artist in the world of any genre right and it's like man i actually remember when he was relatively unknown and he you know some of the blogs and stuff online were kind of like yeah this great guy is cool or whatever but it was just like whoa this guy's now like a global phenomenon who's charging like 2 million dollars a show or whatever and it's just like man, that is that is nuts, and that's just how similar story with many actors or comedians or you know if you read um like Kevin Hart's biography or something. I mean the guy you know like I went broke like he was broke, like <laughs> 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 he was broke, you know. Um, but and so it's not um it's not like most traditional careers where there's sort of like a very clear ladder, and it's like okay, you know, you get a five percent raise this year and a ten percent raise that year, twenty percent. It's just like, okay, you could be, same with entrepreneurs, right? right? A lot of entrepreneurs, they can be grinding and grinding and just living off you know beans and noodles and <laughs> living with their roommates or whatever. And then one thing just takes off and it's suddenly like, oh, okay. So um, I, I haven't yet had that sort of total vertical spike, but certainly the past year has been, you know, more people have discovered me in the past year than in the previous 12 so cool that's you know so cool mean? so that's uh that's pretty crazy and of course with the power of the internet everything has the potential to be exponential
0: right yeah it's it's exponential growth and compounding that happens with anything literally anything you do so yeah. it's very cool so let's jump back to okay dude tell me tell me the the backstory on that song and kind of what happened with twitter and everything <laughs>
1: Yeah, the the backstory is ridiculous cuz it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense to most people. Everyone thinks I'm sort of missing out part of the story or something to make myself sound like more innocent or something, but it's really like this. So um this was in January. I had a January or February. I, I tweeted something about um advice for single women. And it mm. was like a it was like a five-point list of things that women could do to to make themselves more attractive for men. And um I don't think the list was controversial, but it was highly
0: controversial. And- <laughs> I've got it right here, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, read it out. Let me let me let me make sure it wasn't controversial.
0: Yeah, okay. so it says advice for women, how to land a great guy. Number one, be in shape. Number two, grow your hair long. Number three, be sweet. Number four, learn to cook. Number five, don't be annoying. So Does, I don't I don't think that's very controversial. That's the same. Who disagrees? <laughs> right. That's, that's the same advice I'd give to a guy for how to land a good woman, aside from grow your hair long, right? Like just, just be somebody that you'd want to be around, essentially.
1: Exactly. Um, and so, yes, this list was, was highly controversial and it went viral. And so every time I go viral, which is multiple times a week now, I get a lot of, um, you know, that's when you don't just get people who follow you responding to you, but you, mm. you, get, the, you, get, you get this cacophony of crazy people on Twitter responding to you. And uh, amongst that, there was one person who tweeted something along the lines of, "This is terrible advice. I bet I sleep with more. I bet I sleep with more women than you do." And I just quote tweeted it and just wrote, "Okay, dude." Dot dot dot. That was and it. that was it. And um, a week later, I you know I thought nothing of this. A week later, funnily enough, I had just attended the launch of the Free Speech Union in the UK, which is a new mm. organization that helps to defend people's right to free speech because we don't have a first amendment like you guys do in the states so um i was actually on the train back on the train back home from london and i'm checking my emails and i have an email from from twitter which is strange because i don't often get emails from twitter and the <laughs> title is uh your account at zuby music has been has been locked and initially i thought okay, is this like a is this one of those like phishing scams or something? And mm. I click on the email and I realize it's no, it's an official Twitter thing. And there's this whole long spiel about how I violated their hateful conduct policy, gave a little description talking about how you can't um, threaten, target or harass or abuse people based on their, their race, their gender, their skin color, their sexuality, etc., which I'm fairly confident in my 11 years on Twitter, I I have not done and I quite actively speak out against Um, and then it had a little box and it said, uh, you know, with the offending tweet and it says, we determined that the following tweet violated our hateful conduct policy. And I look at it and it just says, okay, dude, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I'm sitting there on the train, like, wait, hang on. And then I go, I try to go to my Twitter and I can't even, um, like the app opens and I just, I'm just met with a screen saying that my account is locked Jeez, and that I, and I can't, I can't see my timeline. I can't respond. I can't use Twitter. And I'm just like, wait, what? Because firstly I'd already, I'd, I'd forgotten about this tweet, right? Yeah. Cause there, there's nothing to remember. There was no, there was nothing memorable about this encounter. Um, I don't even know who I was speaking to. I just saw they had a blue check and I normally rep- if someone with a blue check responds, I normally reply. Um, and so yeah i uh it, it gave me two options it said i could either delete the offending tweet and my um account would be restored in 24 hours mm-hmm. or if i thought they'd made a mistake i could make an appeal and i thought okay well i'm not deleting the tweet because i'm not gonna admit guilt for something i have not done right? this sure. is not a it's not a maoist struggle session where <laughs> i'm gonna admit to some crime i have not committed right? i haven't i just read your entire guidelines and i haven't violated them if you can tell me like, I don't know which word it is. Is it the okay or is it the dude or is it the ellipsis? Like which, which of these is hate speech, right? Like in, on what planet is okay dude hate speech? Um, so I made an appeal and the following day I got another email from Twitter saying we have manually reviewed, this means a human being looked mm. at this, we have manually reviewed your appeal and we have determined that the tweet does in fact violate our hateful conduct policy. What? And so the only way I could get my account back was to delete it and wait for forty five, wait for forty eight hours. So I had to delete this tweet, just say literally the tweet saying "Okay, dude," um, and it, by the way, in the meantime, hashtag Okay, dude and hashtag free start trending on Twitter. I saw
0: that, yeah, right.
1: Because <laughs> my fans and my followers are legends, um, and because because I'm still active, I was still active on the other things. So on my email list, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. I was like. Yo, what's going on here, guys? Um, you know, even Joe Rogan messaged me on Instagram, and he's like, "Dude, like, WTF? What just happened? Like, what? What's going on here?" Um, so I had tons and tons of people reaching out and emailing me, and all this, just like, "Yo, what's going on here?" Um, and and so all that happened, and then I, yeah, I, I got my account restored. Um, I made an okay dude T-shirt, and. Yeah, I came back on Twitter with a bang to 10,000 new followers. Wow. <laughs> and uh I sold in one weekend, I sold over 200 OK dude t-shirts. Nice. And then <laughs> and then I of course a couple a month or two later, I released a single called OK dude. I released a music video called OK dude and it just I, you know, as they say when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. So I should probably actually send some flowers or a gift to the person who um, got me suspended off Twitter because <laughs> I, I, I turned it into over five, I turned it into five figures. So yeah, that that's the, <laughs> so, if, if, if you throw some crap at me, I'm going to, I'm going to make something cool out of it and sell it. That's what my haters need to learn.
0: There you go. Quite resilient. So it sounds yeah. like Twitter jail is actually good for business.
1: Um, probably not for most people, but yeah. um, if the, I, All all my career, I have created content off my haters. Mm. I've done that. My Some of my songs, some of my, listen, okay, dude was inspired. If that incident didn't happen, that song wouldn't exist. Right. Right. Right? right. Like I'm a creative person. I'm a creative person. I'm an entrepreneurial person. So whatever nonsense, if someone comes at me with some nonsense, it will, nine times out of 10, it's going to be converted into something that benefits me. So really, if someone really didn't like me, they should probably ignore me but if they want to keep <laughs> if they want to keep you know throwing stuff at me then um yeah it's it's not going to go the way that they they expect because yeah i don't know you can't keep a good man down
0: yeah i mean that that's another good lesson uh for anyone whenever you're met with a tough situation figure out how you can spin mm-hmm. it into something positive so i, yeah. I love that and
1: there's normally a way to do it there's normally a way to do it you know fighting fire with fire isn't normally you know sometimes it's necessary but um normally you can if if you maintain i'm very good at maintaining my cool i'm just a calm person and yeah. um i'm also i've also got a sense of humor that's the thing right some people take everything so 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 seriously and they always want to get angry and respond to everything with anger whatever with me i i use humor as a i use humor as a tool i use it as a weapon i use it as a You know, it's the same as that deadlift tweet, right? I'm not the first person to talk about the idea that it's not fair to have biological men compete against biological women in professional sports, but most people, most people want to use like pure, um, like anger and outrage and Mm. explanation to logical explanations to people who don't even really understand logic to make their point. Whereas with me, it's like, okay, I'm going to take logic, but I'm going to just take your logic right? If you're making a, if you're taking a, if you, if someone is making a a crazy argument to me or something I believe is a crazy argument, I won't always use logic to explain while they're wrong. I'll be like, okay, you're right. And so I'm going to take this to its logical conclusion.
0: Sure. Yeah. You see what I mean? So
1: instead of getting into the debate as to what the biological differences between a male and a female and, you know, pulling out all the scientific data, I'm just going to say, you know what, you're right. I am a woman. And (laughs) Are you, right? <laughs> right? I am a woman and um you know, I I just broke the women's deadlift record and the bench press record. So you must recognize this now. Right. Right. And if someone then wants to pull the oh wait, no, hang on, it's like, no, no, you told me this. So either you accept you either at that point have to accept, okay, your your argument and your logic your supposed logic is flawed, because mm-hmm. you can you can clearly see the problem here. Um from this guy with a deep voice and a beard telling you he's a woman <laughs> or <laughs> either you have to accept that or you have to stay consistent and be like yeah that's that's valid like that's that's fair that's totally that's totally okay and anyone who has a modicum of common sense knows that it's not right. so sometimes right. it's a better way to make a point
0: yeah i like that approach so I, i'd like to jump to my favorite line from okay dude oh, yeah. and, and get your commentary on it so you say, they say be open-minded, but they tell you how to live. That's how you ended up with drag queens reading to your kids.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can we get a little analysis on this?
1: Oh, man, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, cra- it's crazy on all levels. and It's crazy. It took coronavirus to stop drag queen story hour. So, yeah, I mean, over the past couple of years, I don't know. There's just been this weird... That was a direct reference to this drag queen story hour thing, which has been, I, I don't know why it's a thing. I don't know why it exists. I don't know why. I don't know who thought this was a good idea, let alone who, which kind of parents are thinking it's a good idea to take their their three-year-olds and their four-year-olds to be read to by, by drag queens. Um, it's a very bizarre thing. It's a very bizarre, modern, Western, hyper-liberal, so-called progressive nonsense, which I'm not a generally I'm not generally a fan of on any level mm. but especially with stuff that involves children I'm kind of like what are you guys doing here like what's what's up with this so that was um so so to, to cover each line I mean I think the second line is quite self-explanatory yeah um but the first line is really so you know they, they say be open-minded but they tell you how to live this is uh you know it's kind of just a a reference to the current socio-political climate where it's like you're supposed to be at, – at the same time, people are saying that you're supposed to be tolerant and embracing of diversity and different opinions and different kinds of people, etc. But then at the same time, those same people are deeply intolerant towards anyone who doesn't hold all of the same views that they do, right? right. Especially if someone has more conservative views on something or – just sensible or normal views on something. It doesn't even need to be conservative, right? The fact that there are, are, you know, two genders, male and female, and that they are different is not a so-called conservative position, right? That's the position of 99% of people in the world. It was the position of everyone who now says that that's not the case. It was their position up until five minutes ago. So this sort of weird warping of reality. And so that was kind of the point of that line, you know, they say be open-minded, but they tell you how to live. And it's like a very hypocritical, it's a very hypocritical position, right? Right. right. most people, especially when it comes to adults, you know, most people I believe are fairly, you know, we all have our different opinions. We all have our different beliefs on, you know, so, social, political, religious, et cetera. But most decent adults recognize Okay, if you want society to function and you want millions of people to be able to live together in harmony without having massive conflict mm-hmm. and you know, descending into violence and, and chaos, then we need to be able to embrace a level of tolerance and diversity in, in the true sense, right? I need to, I'm not going to force my political or religious beliefs on you as long as you don't do it. To me, either, sure, right. Yeah, so, that's reasonable. Yeah, I'm not going to go around on the street with with my. I'm not going to grab my, grab my Bible off my shelf, go out on the street with a knife, and you know start yelling, yell, you know, screaming Bible verses at people that anyone who doesn't want to accept, you know, Jesus Christ as their savior, I'm going to you know stab them or beat them over the head or something like that right. would be a bad idea. Right. So similarly, <laughs> so similarly, you know, we've got a name for people who do that, right? We, that's not <laughs> it's not a good thing. Um, but similarly, you have people who, like I said, who claim all these things, but they are extremely aggressive and hostile, and in, in some cases, even violent towards people who don't want to go along with what they're saying. So, and as a result of that, a lot of people s- feel like they're sort of shamed or silenced into submission. So, you have a lot of people who might just be, you know, moderately right leaning or even moderately left leaning, but, mm. you know, they embrace free speech and common sense and science and all that. And those people feel very silenced. And that's a, that's a lot of people. That's millions of people. So the idea is that, how would I put it? It's like people have become so open-minded and so ashamed to sort of call balls and strikes or say right from wrong yeah. that now people are so willing to go along with all this crap that they are willing to, you know virtue signal by getting their children involved in stuff that's clearly age inappropriate or Mm. you've got people now putting their children on hormones or you know giving them weird surgical treatments that render them infertile it's like it it goes deep you know so in the song it was a, it sounds kind of like a flippant line but actually it's uh it hits at something that's much more sort of deep and insidious in in society um and so that's why i it was one of those lyrics that um, I have some lyrics where I, I debate myself on if I should put it in the song, you know, I'm kind of, like, Oh gosh, should I say that? Like, that's <laughs> <you know? laughs> and uh, I reached the stage of my career earlier on in my career. I, if I got that feeling, I would leave it out the song. Yeah. Now that tells me I have to
0: say it. Yeah. Yeah. I you think know. that's a better approach.
1: I, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's take it's taken time. You know, I had to reach a certain level of maturity both as an artist and just as a, a man to be willing to sort of put myself out there in that sense and just be like look this is what this is what i think you know if you it, it's not just what i think i think i think most people agree with this but yeah, yeah they don't want to say it so i'll be the person who just who just says it
0: you're a martyr <laughs> So you did uh, a tour of the United States last year, kind of. Mm-hmm. I think some people compared you to Alexis de Tocqueville, right? <laughs> yeah, I
1: got that a lot. I didn't know who he was before that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's really cool. You you made the media round. You saw the country, all that kind of stuff. And as somebody from the UK and who has lived in Saudi Arabia and, and all over the world, yeah, what surprised you most about America?
1: Whoa, um, I would say. So I've been to the states multiple times before this is the longest i've been and it was my first time going to so many so many different cities and states so i would say the thing that struck me most um is how varied the country is um going from different going between different cities and different states in some ways almost felt like going to different countries yeah so even just uh, within the same state, so I started in Los Angeles, and then I went to San Francisco, and the difference between those cities, just in terms of appearance and aesthetic, and the type of people who live there, mm-hmm. and the the um, architecture, the weather, everything was just really different. You know, meant uh, San Francisco felt like I could be in you know London or Manchester or something like that in England. You know, even with the weather, yeah, and L.A. was just yeah, totally different thing. I felt like I was in, in GTA. Um, <laughs> and the vibes are different. People are sort of live in those cities for quite different reasons. And then after San Francisco, I went to Texas, um, you know, Austin and then Dallas and Fort Worth. And I went from there to Atlanta to Nashville, to DC to New York. So I really got to see a really like a broad range of the U S not, not all of it. Sure. But you get a lot of people who go to the U.S. and they might just go to New York City. Right. Or they might just go to Los Angeles or they might just go to uh, Florida or, or you know Orlando, Florida. And so they get the idea that, oh, okay, the, the U.S.A. is like New York. And it's like, no. Just like no. if someone comes to the U.K. and they only go to London, you really don't have a good picture of the U.K. at all. Yeah. Because London is the least – London is kind of the least British city in the U.K. in a way. Mm-hmm right? And that's because it's, it's just an international city. And In the same way New York is a very international city. Paris is a very international city. So yeah, you get a vibe of that country, but a lot of the people there aren't even from that country, let alone that city. And it's just so international and so many people and stuff that it captures some essence of it, but it's, it's really different. So yeah, so I think the thing that struck me most was just the the range the range of of that, and then, in terms of the people, just the i mean i I kind of knew this already because i you know I've grown up amongst a lot of Americans I've always interacted with a lot of Americans, but the level of love was crazy, man, yeah, like i get I'll, I'll be straight up, man like I got more love there than I do in the u k wow, and
0: yeah, like, why do you no, think that was
1: I, um i i think it's a i think it's a lot of things I think. I mean, I have, this isn't new to me. I mean, I've always kind of vibed with, I don't know, culturally and mentality-wise, my mentality is probably more American than it is British in certain ways. And that's always been the case. That might be because I went to an American school as a child and, you know, even my accent and everything, right? I've always kind of been heavily influenced by the States and in the U.S., People one of my favorite things about the USA is people not not everybody, but overall the culture and the society is more how would I put it? People celebrate success more. Interesting. And people and people want to help people achieve success more. Right. I don't think it's an accident that so much cool stuff comes out of America. Whether you're talking about Arts and entertainment, or you're talking about science and business, it's not just purely down to the wealth of the country and the size of it. It's also because of the cultural attitude and the way that people support each other and pump each other up and big each other up. Right in the UK, you don't get you know you don't get twenty thousand people at a at a university sports match. Mm, what, yeah. what the heck is that? You're lucky right. if you get two hundred people. Right wow. in the US, you've got. NCAA basketball. You've got like college football and people are it's a big thing. People are amped up. People are in the crowd. Like everything is amped up. And a lot of British people don't like that, right? They think Americans are too extra, right? They think Americans <laughs> are too like, why are they so why are they so like, you know, into stuff? Yeah. Right? Like that that's the sort of stereotype in American. Like, yeah, they're, they're so you know, USA, USA. <laughs> you have you ever heard of British people chanting like, you know, UK? Like that's not a chant. <laughs> you see, you see what I mean, like yeah, yeah. so. That annoys some people. Some people are like, "Oh, these freaking Americans and their American exceptionalism and waving their flipping flags everywhere and stuff, right?" Pledging allegiance to the flag. None of that stuff exists in the UK. There's flags everywhere in America. There's fl- the U.S. flag is everywhere. It's everywhere. You come to the UK, you do not see the British flag. It's interesting.
0: It's, a, it's such a cool insight.
1: Yeah, like you don't you don't see it. The British flag is nowhere. Maybe if you're in London in a very touristy area, yeah. you'll see it on a couple hotels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But where I live, you know, I've, I've been all over the UK and the British flag is pretty rare to see. Like people don't fly it, you know, in these states, in different cities, all these different cities, in the shops, outside people's houses, in their gardens, yeah. right? like just on the highway, you've just got these flags everywhere. Right. And I think that's dope. Like I, I like that. I think that's cool. Um, it, it's funny cause it's, you know, it's something some people criticize, but I think with that people in America, in the U S people like to see people succeed. They, they like to s- offer people opportunities, right? How did I end up on Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan's got the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah. That's, that's wild. What made him want to reach out to this, this independent British rapper? Who's not some, you know, like platinum selling artist who's selling out stadiums. It's a, you know, uh, that wouldn't. Like the equivalent wouldn't happen here yeah. and it doesn't yeah. happen here, right? I got invited to the White House three times. I got invited to the Pentagon. I got invited to go on Tucker Carlson, the biggest like news show. Fox News just ring me up. I'm, I'm going to be on Fox News this week. How, right? did, how did all that stuff happen? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, this I is- mean, not, not to minimize your accomplishments, but yeah, like you said, you. you're not like a, a platinum artist no. or something.
1: No, because um, <laughs> people like what I'm doing and they like what I'm saying. And so yeah. they want to support me. Right? They want to support me. They're like, "Oh, Zuby's in LA." Um, cool. Like, get him, let's let's get him uh, let's get him on the show, right? This uh who whoever it is, whatever, and it's just like that just doesn't it just doesn't happen here to the same degree, right? You know, I have fans here. I have an audience. I have people who certainly support me. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this to put down the UK, but here it's like you how do you know it's like people don't really want to support you until you're already like Really, really, really successful. You see what yeah, I mean? Like they yeah. don't want to. Maybe because it's a smaller country, and people think that okay, if that person succeeds, then maybe they're a threat to me or whatever. Uh, I mean, you see this in you even see this in the music. Okay, so look at look at hip hop. Um, think think of a think of a rapper. Okay, g- give me a rapper off the top of your head.
0: Uh, Chance the Rapper.
1: Okay. Oh, all right. He, he's not actually uh. Okay, give me another. <laughs> Drake. Drake. Okay, who brought in Drake?
0: I, I have no idea.
1: Lil Wayne. Okay. Okay. So Drake brought it was brought in by Lil Wayne. Like Lil Wayne put Drake on the map. Totally. Okay.
0: Okay. I, I see what you're saying here. Like, like right? Dr. Dre brought in Eminem. Yes. Who did Eminem bring in? Um, the uh, I can't think of his name, but I. I, I... Fifty Cent. Oh, oh, 50 Cent. Okay. I was thinking of somebody else, actually. Ob- Obi Trice. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. D12. Right? Yeah.
0: Okay. Who did
1: Who did 50 Cent bring in? Oh. G-Unit. Lloyd yeah. Banks. Yeah. Right? So in the US, it's like a chain, right? One person succeeds and they bring in another and that person succeeds and they bring in another and they bring in, Each person brings in three people. Right. And that's how the music scene grows. Like every, all of them. That's why I said Chance isn't a great example because, you know, he, his was his was more there wasn't sort of an uh, a, such an obvious cosine
0: you know yeah, Kanye West yeah. maybe
1: to a degree yeah no even kanye west how do we know about kanye west you know about kanye west because of jay-z rockefeller it's right it's it's just a chain right um in it's it's not like that everywhere you know it's not it's not like that everywhere in the U. in the uk it's not rare for an artist to blow up and have all this success and they don't, they don't bring anyone with them you know like they don't they don't reach back down and say hey okay like cool i've blown up let me help these other people to do that and that that's in the whole i don't think i don't think people most people don't realize this like you seem like your mind's kind of blown like this but
0: yeah, something, yeah. it's something
1: that's uh really in in each of the cultures and it's something i really like about the us is that people are just more open and and supportive you know they are just more open and supportive than they are in most places, and. People like to see people achieve cool stuff, whether that's Elon Musk the other day launching his, his rocket into the sky, you know, they like people like that, like awesome, like cool. Some of this person's doing cool things. Let's, let's help him. Let's help him do cool things. You know, it doesn't matter if he's famous yet or if he's there yet or whatever, they've got potential. So let's, let's grab them and put them out there. Um, And so you know, even uh, even on different levels, look at the Ellen DeGeneres show. You know how she's always bringing on people just to, yeah. she sees like a cool video on the internet. Yeah, let's get that person on the show. You know, oh, yeah. like, cool. You had a viral dance video, like just come on the show and we'll put you out to millions more people. It doesn't happen. It's, it's, it's like, it's not, it's that, that thing isn't really here in the, in the British culture. And I think that it stifles people and it prevents people from reaching the heights that they, that they potentially could. Um, of course i'm speaking i'm speaking in somewhat generalizations here sure. but i think if you're talking about a culture then you then you have to any any discussion of a culture is going to be a generalization but that's quite a core difference and i think that's one big reason why what i do seems to resonate much more strongly in the us than it mm-hmm. does in the uk and a lot of the opportunities that i get are primary you know they primarily come from come from the U S. And so that's why I'm very seriously looking at, you know, getting a, at least getting a work visa so that I can spend more time out there and do some more shows and, you know, public speaking and all that kind of stuff. Cause that really does seem to be, um, seem to be my market.
0: Yeah, I think you should. And I, I, I like that observation. It's, it's, it did kind of blow my mind because I think of it as just this thing that happens, but I didn't realize that it was uniquely American. That's, that's really cool. I like that perspective.
1: Yeah, no, it's unique. Like I said, if you if you think of how much cool stuff comes out of the States and sort of how it happens, you know, there there's talent everywhere, of course. But um not every culture and every society is is a embracing a, of exceptionalism, shall we call it. Yeah. Um yeah. or or talent or people being able to sort of really rise, um, I mean, if, for example, if you look at some cultures like uh, a lot of the Scandinavian cultures, mm-hmm. they actually promote almost the, the sort of opposite, like you you like standing out is sort of frowned upon. You know, you're not really supposed to stand out, right? If you're if you're like that's somewhat ingrained, you know, it's, it's just, there's something called jante law um, you know, in in Sweden and and Denmark and you know, countries like that where you're not you're not supposed to it's a much more collectivist mindset. It's the, mm. it's the same reason why they can it's the same reason why people are happy to pay 60 percent of their salaries and taxes. Sure, have yeah. all of these social policies, etc, because you're not supposed to rise too high. Okay. You see what I mean? Yeah, that makes but, sense. But at the same time, that, that stifles entrepreneurship to a degree. So if you're someone who does want to stand out and does mm. want to rise and does want to do all this cool stuff, um, the system is both socially and economically. It sort of prevents you from doing that. Whereas in the U.S., it, it's a lot. There's a lot more leeway. It means the highs are higher mm. and the lows are lower. Yeah. So in the yeah. in the U.S., you will see you will see elements of poverty and desperation that you will not see in the U.K. or in Sweden. Uh, okay. Right. But you will also see levels of prosperity and success and just like whoa, like crazy. Right. Right, like it, it's it's a much bigger. There's a lot more room room to pl- to play with. So America, America sure. is America's a great country for people who are entrepreneurial minded and willing to hustle and willing. You know the whole American dream. Right? Yeah. There's no. There's no British dream. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like everyone, everyone's heard of the American dream. Like that's that's a thing. You know, it's, right. it's a real thing. You can you can immigrate to America. People have done this for decades. Right. Someone comes to America from. India, or uh, part of Africa, or Asia, or whatever, or Europe, and they don't have much to begin with, but the country allows for those people to rise up. Right? If you if you if you do work hard and you are smart and you and you hustle, right? In ten years' time, you can be really successful, and no one is gonna. People aren't gonna stop you. In fact, people will help you. Right? Right? Right. As long as you have the right attitude, etc. People will, will help you. And um, that, that's, yeah, I don't know. It's, um it's a, it's a unique country in a lot of ways. Um, the, the, yeah, the, the, there's just more extremes in the U S as well. You know, I think that's part of what we're, what we're seeing in, in, in this unfortunate situation that's happening right now where people are protesting and some people are rioting and there's just all this stuff going on. It's just like, it's just, uh, there's just so much, it's an exciting country on every level, right? yeah, yeah. whether that's like on the sort of like scary and crazy side sometimes, or that's on like the really cool and awesome and inspiring side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we certainly have problems, but I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I, I love being American.
1: Yeah. That's, so, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Zuby, I want to respect your time, but if you have a few more minutes, I'd like to hit you with a couple quick Tim Ferriss questions.
1: Okay, man. Let's go for it.
0: All right, cool what advice would you give to a smart driven college student about to graduate?
1: Hmm. I would say. Sit, take, take a step back and think about what you really want to do and what you want to achieve and what drives you and what your order of priorities is. Mm. Right. What, cause so many people, especially young people, just go with what, you know, their parents or their friends or what societal expectations are in, in every regard. And oftentimes that is good advice because there, if if a lot of people do something, there's normally, it doesn't always mean it's the right thing to do, but yeah. it means there's probably some some logic to it. But think about what your priorities are and then set about doing them, right? Some people want to- maximize their income and they're willing to sacrifice their health, their relationships, etc., mm-hmm. for that. Um, if that's you and it's genuinely you, then it's good to know that. If it's not you, it's also important to know that. That's something I figured right. out early. That's right? something I figured out early, even with me going and pursuing my music career, right? That wasn't a decision based on me trying to maximize how much income I can earn. Mm. Of course not. I would have picked a totally different path. Um, I would have become an investment banker. I I would have stayed in management consulting or something. Sure. So understand what that looks like for you. If you want to, if the priority is, you know what, I want to, I want to get married fairly soon and kind of start a family early. If that's you, then, then that's fine. Right. If it's not, then don't, don't be forced. Don't feel compelled to do it. Right. If it is right. If you're 25 and you're like, you know what, I just want to, I just want to have like, you know, a family and get on with that. And then Cool. God bless you like go and do it. Um but really really understand what that is. And then the second thing I would say is to less on what to do and more on what not what you shouldn't do and avoid making any avoid making any bad permanent long-term decisions. Yeah. Avoid making any mistakes that will potentially stifle or cripple you for the rest of your life. And I that's a serious one. So that means getting into like horrible debt Mm. that means developing like a a bad drug habit or drinking habit that involves having a terrible relationship or having a child with somebody who you don't like and don't plan to spend your life with yeah um getting a criminal record right avoiding stuff that's just going to impact you right for forever um potentially in a negative way if you can avoid those and that i think that's just as important as what you potentially should do and then also realize you have a lot of time you know yeah. i know that when you're when you're 20 or 21 or whatever it might seem like you you have to have everything figured out but um you don't life is life is long people say life is short but but life is also long so you know get on with stuff and do stuff and add value to the world but don't think that don't be stressing if you're 23 and you haven't worked out what you want to spend your whole life doing it
0: I think that's great advice. I love it. Zuby, where can people find you if they want to connect, listen to your music, whatever? Yeah.
1: Um, all my music, as well as my podcast, Real Talk with Zuby, are available on um, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, the usual places. Just search for my name, Zuby, Z U B Y. And I'm on all social media at Zuby Music. So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Zuby Music.
0: Perfect. and You are one of my favorite Twitter follows, so I recommend everybody go out there and click the follow button and check out your music. I appreciate it, man. Zuby, thanks a lot. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for spending your time listening to the show. If you have any questions, comments, or further topics for discussion, shoot me a message on Twitter at Joseph C. Wells. I'd love to hear from you. And make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter, The Lake Street Journal at josephcwells.com. Until next time, take care and thanks for listening.